0: Welcome to Public Square, Conversations in Democracy, where we explore the heart of democracy. I'm your host, Witze van Renswijk, on a mission to reboot the public sector and invigorate local democracies worldwide. Join us as we spotlight game changers, share visions and practical innovations. Let's begin today's inspiring conversation.
1: Hi Witze, and welcome back for another podcast conversation.
0: Hi, Vanya. Good to see you again.
1: Me too. How's it been going? I think we can announce to the world through this podcast now that you and your partner have welcomed triplets. Do you want to tell us a little bit about how that's been going?
0: Yeah, so we welcomed three girls, Amor, Rumi, and Yoko. Uh, three identical girls, so identical triplets, which is supposed to be like a one out of two million chance. Um so super fascinating. We're, we're super happy everything. Babies are, are healthy. We're able to take them home. And and um, so, yeah, we're. I was enjoying some time off paternity leave. So I just I just got back to work. But um, yeah, we're really so happy and feeling so blessed just in general. Everything went so well. How was your week?
1: It was great. I have to say that it feels particularly poignant that we are recording a youth engagement episode when you've just welcomed three Three new um, members of the Brussels community.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Actually, so we're going to be today talking to to rule asked rule before before this podcast. How do you define youth? And he said zero to what did he say again? Twenty six or thirty year olds. Yeah. So hmm, maybe we should also talk about baby participation. <laughs>
1: yeah, how to prime them very young. Um, Well, that's really exciting and congratulations again and thanks for sharing that with us. Over here, I have been uh, excited to welcome the US portion of the Citizen Lab team to Atlanta. They were here for a couple of conferences and also some team bonding and it was really great to have them around to show them around the city. Um, and to really show them how the South approaches community engagement in different ways. So it was great to bring that energy in person since we work remotely.
0: Did you talk about youth engagement?
1: We did not, but I think after this episode, everyone will be curious to talk about it. I know that um, in Antwerp, that's been a really big focus to engage young people. And I'm really uh, looking forward to hearing how they've done that, how they've been super intentional about it and how they have gotten young folks excited to participate so actively.
0: Today, we're traveling to Belgium's second largest city, to Antwerp. Antwerp is known for its sport, its stunning architecture and its rich cultural heritage with Rubens and Van Eyck. But I get to disappoint you. Today's podcast, we're not going to talk about any of this we're going to talk about something much more important than that. We're going to talk about youth participation. We're going to do that with Rule Kamps, who is the youth participation uh, coordinator at the city of Antwerp. So first of all, Thank very you. warm welcome, Rule, Ruhl, to kick things off, I would like to go with you back in time. And I feel like this icebreaker question is, is really perfect for a podcast about youth participation. So I want you to kind of get back to when you were young. I would like to ask you, what is your first and your earliest memory of democracy?
2: The really first one, the really, really uh, way back, is actually the, the fall of the Berlin Wall. I was really a small kid, I'm from 83, and uh, I watched my parents and, and um, their reaction on the, the response to the television, that uh, is an image burned into my uh, eyesight, so uh, that's, and that was a large one. You see a lot of angry people destroying walls and it was all about this is good, this is freedom. And uh, that was uh, really my really first memory to, to democracy. But then my my most important uh, memory to democracy is uh, when I got self-involved and I want something to change in my municipality. And um, I ended up with um, the, the, uh, my vice mayor for youth in, uh, in our community. And he just winded off and said, oh, you have to go to the youth council and they only can decide something. So it was really weird. I still think the day of the day, and, that drives me to do a better job.
0: <laughs> and do you remember what it was about? Yes, what I the, remember
2: the what about? it was about. Actually, I was uh, like a, a small skater uh, in uh, in my municipality. And we had like the, the old uh, building of the municipality that was like, nothing went there. And we were like the, the hang youngsters. We were always there uh, for... Uh, meeting friends skating a lot and actually we want to have like um uh, all you can do stuff there like a, a new sort style of a youth house for uh, cool hobbies like DJing uh, learn to speak uh, spray graffiti uh, and drawing and uh, make music uh, urban sports and so ever it was in the uh, 90s and already early 2000 so and it never happened it got sold to um for living uh, for a lot of money
0: and so you've played uh obviously like a pivotal role in building out like the whole youth participation program at the city yes. can you tell us a little bit about um the journey so where did you start with youth participation in antwerp when you when you arrived and where are you now when it comes to uh youth engagement in the city
2: well i started back in 2010 when there was no broad city broad policy for youth participation but there were no indicators there was no procedure before and um, I actually started working in uh, my first big mission to develop um, a city-wide policy for youth participation. So that was a very hard, long, interesting um, way. And back then, in 2010, it was uh, mainly believed that uh, youth participation was um, that uh, children draw. But there wasn't any difference between the cognitive uh, development of uh, people like a child of 10 years old can draw better perhaps like an 18 year old but they all had to draw and that triggers us so much in how is this possible where where are the procedures how can we uh, do a better job so now 12 years later i'm I'm still here uh, at my job a lot has changed we're always going we're always keep uh, looking on what are we doing? Is it the right thing to do? Do we need to do better? Is this cost consciousness? So we always keep uh, improving ourselves. Another thing, and now uh, we have uh, built a digital tool uh, for the whole city to use, but it was based on a, a specific tool for youth. But we learned, okay, everybody can use this. And uh, I did uh, a lot of work uh, for a decade, more of the time alone. Now we have a team for youth participation. So a lot has changed and uh, we see still a lot changing.
0: And because that's actually fascinating when you think about it, having a dedicated team for youth participation, do you know of any other cities who actually have this and how common is it? Because for me, it's something, I mean, obviously you've got participation departments, but specifically youth participation departments, where did that decision come from to have like, focus on, on youth? And do you know about any other cities doing this?
2: I'm pretty sure there are, uh, we call them the, uh, the, the centrum cities in in Belgium. Eh? We have uh, several of them, eh? like uh, uh, Leuven, uh, Kent, um, Brussels. They all have like, most of the times, like a, some sort of youth department where there are some people working on also a little bit of youth participation. But I mm-hmm. don't think I've ever s- saw a city who has like five people working only on youth participation as a most right. of the time daily job, and that's that is fascinating. So it it's working eh, because right. we can spread out even more. We can do more job.
0: And and so let's make things a little concrete. What are some of the the projects that you're actually working on? Could you share an example with us of a successful youth participation project that you've uh, that you've recently done?
2: Was actually I was also the project, uh, project leader for the, the youth enter climate day. We had uh, the youth uh, who was um, um, making the voice um, in the news. Uh, uh, the climate something has to change, and they were protesting. They were uh, the quitting on school on the Fridays, and. Um, uh, that was an interesting journey. Um, they were received, uh, a bunch of them were, were received at the city hall. I was also invited. I, I didn't know why. They just told me, uh, rule, really you have to be there, there uh, that day there, and you have to follow along and take along. And afterwards, when the journalist stopped asking questions, they said, okay, now we have two mayors, uh, one for education and youth, and the other one for climate and energy. So that we're going uh, in with the youngsters, uh, the, the small group, and um, we'll have a conversation there. And I was still tagged along. So that was interesting. Um, so in the end, it was like a year traject. And uh, they wanted to have a participation and voice in into the a local uh, climate plan of Antwerp the youngsters. And the, there was like, okay, you can, you can have it on one condition. You have to spread out more. And you got help from uh, this guy. That was me and I helped them for like a year, and the result ended in like a a big day for uh, Antwerp uh, Youth Climate Day. Uh, We we gathered schools, but there was also like an evolution curve uh, from the youngsters who were really into the climate that not every youngster was like that. And then you got the people who were like, yeah, climate, I don't know. They got, oh yeah, interesting. so that was uh, an interesting project and so many different levels because there was an interaction between different stakeholders of youth. There were like uh, commendations and amendments. Uh, more or less 100 people thought about several uh, resolutions that was in the interim uh, Climate Plan. And also, the, the large group helped to get uh, a better uh, local plan. But in the end, it was all everything that was uh, given as an inspiration that they, they completely uh, uh could use it uh, to improve the Antwerp local local uh, climate plan so that was like a, a mm-hmm. long project but it was from begin till end and now the the project uh the local climate plan has already been approved they're executing it so i think that was a nice roundup
0: did it make an impact as in like were some of the points that the youngster race were they integrated into the, the local plan?
2: Yes, because uh, when you have like a hundred people uh, uh, thinking together uh, from their perspective in life, and and when they uh, think in solutions for for stuff that uh, adults perhaps are not sure, and how can we do this? And yes, it was an impact, and it actually was like yeah they they came up some several uh, solutions, but also in how things were perceived that also. And that helped um, the developers here or, or the scientists And okay that is an interesting site we did we did not thought about that let's uh, try and use that
0: i think it's a good bridge to um the climate obviously um pressing topic and i think the first thing we probably think about when we think about youth participation for the simple reason that they are the ones that are, they're gonna bear all the consequences of what is happening today mm-hmm. um, so they should have, they have a clear stick in, in any decisions that we make because those decisions are so long-term uh, ranging and affecting. Um, but let's, let's zoom out for a moment. What is for you and for the city? What is actually um, the main driver, motivational driver to involve young people in the decision-making process? We have
2: many drives. The first drive is the, when you're a youngster and you didn't reach the age of 18, you don't have a right to vote. But you already are living 17 and so many days as a, as a person, as a civilian in your municipality. So you have your daily experiences in uh, mobility, in, uh, f- and in sports, in leisure time, in going to school, in public safety, in so many topics. So that is uh, the, another reason uh, that, that drives us. There are so many life experiences that don't have the fall to to write, but it's important because if you use them, we can develop something better than when we don't uh, use them. And then we come to the next second tribe is the the, the numbers. Um, We have in Antwerp uh, more as 150,000 people who are under the, what we call them, youngsters. And that is a lot. Uh, when um, when we uh, do some magic, uh, magic with, with age, uh, Is are you younger until 30 or like 26? But we know that even under 26, there are more as 150,000 people under that age. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you go to 18 years old, there are still like 130,000 people. And that is a lot of people. So that is like one in five on, up to one in three, Civilians in Antwerp are a young person. And that is a lot. So why shouldn't we evolve them? Because that is like a lot of yeah. the municipality of the civilians living there. So that is
0: also a drive. So you define uh, youth then as up to 26 years old or up to... I, for me, I think Just it's right. reasonable to say uh, up to
2: uh, 26 years old. Uh, but in, uh, in Belgium and in Flemish part... You can get uh funds by the flemish government up till i think the age of 30 for some projects so the 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 age between 26 and 30 is like the gray area but let's be honest when you're like 27 nah.
0: what i find fascinating is to think about youth participation okay i can see 18 to 30 that's kind of young adults if you want i mean those are those are people who have voting rights already normally they are already part of like the of the, of the civic debate but it's below 18 years old right like teenagers and even below 10 years old um those are those are indeed the kids that are left out of of, a, of yes. a, you know like a standard debate so that's that's something i find fascinating because we're making youth policy
2: but you want to do it without youth so that's not possible so that's uh, we in Antwerp have an official saying we do it for youths by youth and with youth. And that's the only way you can develop mm-hmm. youth development. And that's our third drive.
0: And, and so, rule if we turn things around, so we just talked about why youth think you should engage with, with youth, but um, what about the youngsters? Where do they find their motivational drivers to engage in and with local government? And what are specifically the topics and the issues that they care most about? It's their,
2: about their lives, their concerns in life, Uh, what keeps them awake at night, Uh, what are they pride of, those are basically the the, always the main topics. Um, If if you want to hear them, so everything that has an impact on the life of a youngster in Antwerp, those are the topics that drives them, because this has an impact on my life. Um, I want to have a say in it, or I want to contribute to this, or can I help with this? And I think that's also a beautiful thing that we have so many young people in Antwerp who know that there are so many things that have uh, or has an impact on their lives that they want to engage, to help, and to be part of it. So I think that's really beautiful. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes we had uh, developed a new project, uh, product for bottom-up participation to to receive more of those signals. Uh, It's called the takeovers. And we, the things that we did first, um, I started in Corona, was all a lot about mental health. And that's also that we uh, see um, by, by uh, the research or research uh, uh, doing with 50,000 students and so on. Mental health, health of young people is always uh, also a, a great topic.
0: Could you elaborate a little bit on, because you told me last time about um, the TakeOver project, which I find fascinating. Could you explain the project a little yes.
2: more? Yes. Um, it has a little bit of a history, the project, um, because a project in itself is very, it's easy. It's, it's not uh, difficult. It's uh, a project to get youngsters into a direct dialogue with um, um, policymakers, like a mayor or a vice mayor and why do do we want to do it not uh we don't sell it as it's uh, like the voice in or uh, the the youngsters can now decide no it's the main topic was explain what is your uh, life and give insight in your life and that can help uh the policymaker to to have a better insight in what he or she can decide or has a mandatory to decide about. So that was one thing. The other mm-hmm. thing was like inspiration, um, inspire each other because it works in, in both directions.
0: I think it's a good point that you, that the, 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 what you're mentioning of is on the one hand, having a say and, and, and hearing young people to shape policies and projects. But on the other hand, it's also like to prepare them and to show like, you know, right? To 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 inspire them and to give them an appetite to be part of like a civic yes. debate, and and so there's a part which is civic education, right? Yes, and that
2: was uh, the third one I was talking about. It's about the talking. It's about closing <laughs> the gap, actually, closing the gap between youngsters and politics. And doing that, this is a way uh, by doing that. Uh, so in the projects, uh, sometimes it's like a two session style, uh, two sessions of two hours, and there is a politician. Uh, within there, Uh, sometimes it's a a more longer uh, tragedy um, with several sessions. But we always learn how they can formulate arguments, how they can speak up. And sometimes we do it like this, sometimes we use another method. But it's always the same that for closing the gap on the long term, we show them it's not always complicated. Speak uh, respectful, uh, search what you want to say, where. Where is it based on uh, can you can you take it into the city policy what, what do you find in there um, why is it in there why it, is it not in there can you make a motivation so and sometimes it's a, a little bit longer i like mental health it's it's very deep it's very personal and then it's more about the emotional aspect also so it's we we connect a lot of aspects uh but it's mm-hmm. we it's I think it's a good solution for closing the gap, and when you see what's the, what's the, um, the original uh, origin story for that is was, we have like youth councils uh, in, in Belgium and in the Flemish part uh, actually with the main uh, goal, uh, speak for the, the voice of, of, of children. but when you don't see any um, advice coming up, then you know something mm-hmm. how to come this is not. It's not working. And um, the other uh, was like, it was during Corona and our vice mayor for youth and education really want to get in touch with youngsters as a vice mayor to, to hear from them. How can we as a city help our youngsters and anthrop- uh, other things we can do? So we combined, uh, that was my mission, um, make it happen, um, find a solution. Mm-hmm. So we came up with this idea, like cut everything off and just focus, here is a mayor or a vice mayor, here are youngsters, talk with each other, do it polite, do it respectful, and now it's becoming like a, an official product for bottom-up participation uh, to inspire each other and to give more an insight in the life of several uh, youngsters of the white diversity in Antwerp. And that's something that we are really proud of, that it's uh, sometimes the, the big wins are in the, the small uh, changes.
0: And what are your hopes for the future, rule? So we talked a little bit about where you come from, mm-hmm. where you are now, where do you hope to be in the future?
2: Um, I hope, actually, the, the, the real hope is that I can go away, for instance, that other people are doing mm-hmm. with the same passion and motivation as we and, and our team is doing. I think that's uh, the real goal because then you know that uh, there is like a reflex, a youth participation within every level of your society and city. That would be awesome, especially in Antwerp.
0: You know, a big topic when talking about participation is obviously making sure that participation is representative, that it's diverse, that it's inclusive. Is that also an issue that you um, that you face when when engaging the youth? That you know, like um, yeah, making sure underrepresented groups are underrepresented groups are a part of the debate. And do you have any specific tactics maybe that you can share on how to get um, yeah all the groups represented?
2: Yes, we. Um... Uh, in my 12 years, uh, I developed uh, like 10 rules for uh, participation or like guidelines, huh, depending on. But one of them is like um, the actual actual solution. Or like for us, it was the key to success because when we start, first started with our digital tool, we uh, I think we got three opinions in like three months. But everybody was saying, ah, the tool is going to boom on the social media and the internet. And everybody is talking the same of So what is, how can we fix it? uh the solution was target location working we know where all the different diverse groups of young people are in network we know that because we we you can search it you know there are a lot, a lot of in school a lot of our in uh, special uh, uh youth worker organizations or like normal youth organization um there are kids out in the streets so take your method whatever you have and go to the physical places in real life and yes at first it costs some time but in the end what what is the goal that to, to, when you do participation we do it because we want a really good development in the things that we are uh, changing the goal is do it better do it with them so go to them and ask them in real life on the different uh, physical locations and that's actually something that we really saw working so we went um, the first six years uh, to 18,000 people. Now I've stopped counting at 30,000 people. We saw 30,000 people in real life with all kinds of different methods. And that is something that we always, I, I don't think it will ever change. You need the combination of the physical and the online. So I believe in uh, the hybrid uh, combination and stuff and target location working.
0: So your team of five, you're going... You know just out of the building you're going door to door um you're going to meet the youngsters where they are in the neighborhoods and ask for their opinions um you know just where they yes, are yes right it, uh, it can be like that
2: for other projects uh we say, on okay uh, we gather there uh, for this project uh, or uh, for another project we, bo- we mo- work more with like a focus group and then you can meet also um We also, uh, because with with the big project, the letters are sent physically to all the people. Hey, you can give your your opinion online. Um, But when we send uh, just a link to a school, hey, can you distribute? Because that's what we, that is the most efficient way. You don't have to do it. But the reality is you expect a lot from other people. Which you can't expect because they have also their jobs and their duties and time to uh, not enough time to do it all. So make a plan like uh, how many people do you want to reach? Because uh, for like a big project, okay, try to reach 500 up till 1,000 people. Is it more like a smaller project? Try to reach 50 people and then make a, a plan: who is going on what day to what uh, location. And uh, we think it's always like the most intense job in the world. But actually when you do this with one school, uh, two hours, you get like 80 up to 100 opinions and life experience because that is how fast it can go.
0: So I feel you've got quite an emphasis on uh, the lived experiences that you want to collect, right? Like how are you experiencing the city? Let's talk a little more about about your digital tool and digital tools more generally. because I wonder if, if we are able to capture those lived experiences in the same way as we would capture them, you know, go- going out into the classroom or wherever it might be. Um, so how, how do you see, like, the role of, of those digital tools helping you get young people involved? I, I think
2: they, they help us, like, a lot. Because when you just go into, like, the, a class, will everybody speak up? No, not everybody will speak up. You don't have solutions for peer pressure also uh, there isn't a solution for re- I there are not many solutions for like group thinking and yeah? you can have it in a positive and in a negative way um, it, and you have diamond speakers always uh, dominant speakers i mean um, who always claim the conversation so when you go into a class you don't have the opinion of the alive experience of 20 people you have it like four people and it's always like the same four or six people. Um, I'm not saying that we never do like physical stuff uh, because we have our de- uh, determination methods in using when are we doing more, more digital and when are we doing it more uh, non-digital. And for us, it's like capturing the live experience uh, because we work a lot with open questions. And uh, before we use open questions, we get, I, I use questions about test and knowledge. Testing knowledge is about how you can get unconsciousness uh, knowledge and experience back to consciousness and then when you ask the it's in the open type form that's the only possibility that a civilian can type whatever they want they can do it anonymous and they will go in depth because when you use the tested knowledge before when you don't use it before the tested knowledge questions they won't go in depth of that much in depth so it's like
0: the combination can you give an example of such a tested knowledge question
2: yes they are very easy it's like uh with whom why when how when you ask somebody mm-hmm. and uh, i want to hear about your experience in, in using public transport just and you you should uh, try it uh, in how can we improve it with just one question. Okay, you get a lot of insight. But when you use it in what's your daily, how how often do you use it? With whom do you use it? Um, when do you use it? Why do you use it? And so on. You don't have to exaggerate also because you really want to, But you get more in-depth questions. So to just think in, mm-hmm. in the stuff that you won't think about it when you first somebody ask it and you don't think about it in 10 seconds. But when you ask the the five, um, those five questions or like three or two, people start thinking more about it because, they know, I, oh, yeah, true, true. I, I have to pay. Oh, no, that's not easy. And they're going more than that in the whole process of the daily experience. And that's, um, that's working.
0: I think that brings us to another, uh, topic we should definitely touch on, which is, how is it basically different engaging the youth versus an adult? Um, is this one example that you say like, okay, maybe young people, you know, it's easier to engage them on their lived experience rather than trying uh, to, to get opinions, well-formulated, well-formulated opinions out of them. So what are, what are some of those differences when engaging with young people and what are maybe a couple of tips that you can share with, with our like, listeners? Like
2: there are differences, but I think the main tip is there shouldn't be any difference. So whenever you want to do something for youth, it can be the same thing as the thing that you want to do with um, with the adults. Because when you make two methods, like one for the adults and one for like the youngsters, then basically what we are saying is youngsters are from another race. They're not the civilians. Those are the civilians. So... And what we saw in the methods for the civilians, for the adults, that not a lot of people understood what what was meant by the exercise. But when you make like one method for like youngsters, we always try to use the the very simple tip. Make sure that your method is uh, um, perceived or or understood by a 10-year-old because then you know that everybody almost in your society will understand What do I have to do? What will happen with my opinion? How can I be part of this? And that is really important because you always have to work low threshold. So for the big tip, focus only on how can a 10-year-old perceive this? How can they, do they understand this sentence? Do they understand what this is about, the project? Uh, That is uh, the really biggest tip.
0: So your tip is actually, when you're engaging with an adult, actually engage them as if they're a young person, right? Yeah,
2: and and everything. And like uh, when you build something uh, like uh, in digital and you use uh, like renders for like a city development, uh, we put plans, they put plans on it. How many people really can read like a plan, like a map? And how many people understand the, the the. how you, how you right. say it in English? That the words, but the specific designer words, not many people understand those words. So basically, what we say is, don't make it childish, but make it that a ten-year-old can understand this. And basically, then you start thinking in short sentences. Is there an abstract word? Explain the word. Explain what it means, and so on. And then you will get a lot of more answers from all of your society. That was uh, the, the big tip. And um, differences are there also yeah. because, um, for me, and that was really a, an eye opener like a long time ago. Up till the age of like 10, 12 years, a child will think quite solution free, not problem targeted. That really come up with solutions when you grow up and you get into puberty, and when you're becoming an adult, we I really saw it. That we don't think that much in solutions anymore. We're for mainly adults are mainly focusing on problems. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but the, we can't do this because of. And a child really goes right into the solution. Why? Why can't you do this? Is this not a solution? And that was really a difference in between a child up till the age of twelve year old and and the rest of society. They don't have the that barrier of problem thinking. They have only solution thinking. So people can use that uh, more. So closer. on the
0: solution orientation, how do you how do you feel that changes the way that you engage with them? Uh,
2: to make uh, to take it more serious, uh, what they what they are saying, or I saw that other people were taking it after a while more serious because versus like when. Yeah, there was like um, a great idea I once heard from an eight-year-old. And when we explained it to the developers, the first reaction was laughter. Ah, oh, this is funny. And then you saw, oh. and then you saw thinking, yeah. And then you, you really saw the raiders going, T-t-t-t-t-t-t. and then like, we can actually do that. That's actually a good idea. Why, why don't we ever thought about it? And that's, uh, yeah, that's nice to see. Uh, is it always working? Not, of course not. But I think in the Netherlands there's a, a company who works like that for like for, uh, the the medical industry. So he has uh, his um, he, uh, companies can uh, can go with uh, with them with a problem, and he got the solution thinkers. And the, those are like a group of children who thinks together, and it's based on the same um, the same phenomenon that we use in our city: the wisdom of crowds. Let a large group of people thinking for solutions and probably you get a lot more solutions but with when you do it with children it's always uh, fun because they always come up with um, some great out-of-the-box solutions
0: i think you wanted to share another another difference i interrupted no no problem
2: i'm a a talker Um, no it's about um, how you communicate to uh, teenagers because that's also really specific and we now have um, like, a, uh, I think, three big projects in takeover. Uh, one about youth employment, one about nightlife. The, the way that we have to communicate to young to youngsters, because for those projects you want to form a focus group, you have to sign in. We really have to work on how you communicate to youngsters, because that's like a, a total race apart of people. You It has to be swinging, but you can't use too much of the the language of the youth so it's a it's really difficult um i think from the mm-hmm. it, it's from like 14 till 22 those groups to communicate to it's really difficult um because you really have to be on point but it mustn't be over the top and then for topics or our projects that us for those groups we really are glad that we have a, a youth communication team that also help us in how we can we um, give the, the mission out or how can we make this more uh, seen in the life of youngsters by social media but it's not meaning that they can do it digitally no it's just like the promotion of we're doing this it's an invitation sign in so that is very complex and I think that we still haven't found the gold key and I st- do believe that nobody on this planet has found the golden key for this is now the golden solution. If they have, and if they are listening right now to this podcast, send it to us so we can implement it also. All
0: right. right. Well, um, let's still brainstorm a little more about that, you know, like the golden bullet that we're going after. What do you see as as some of the the key trends today in youth engagement? What are some Um, of the things that you believe in the next year that we're going to do more?
2: Yes. uh, What what we do see uh, shifting is... several uh, initiatives in public life that uh, will take over social and real uh, estate i think that's really fascinating because uh, when i talk about uh, the voice in and the participation i talk about policy participation of course and we have a policy but you also have uh, in our society the the participation of in society so i think it's a trend that people uh, nowadays they they want to contribute in their society so we see like a little bit of shift in uh, uh, like with elderly people it's like with their gardening in the cities but we see young people taking more engagement in helping society by helping and by uh, being a volunteer or and that's a a trend that we do see also in participation because with the takeovers uh, we see so many people who wants to contribute to uh, get reduced of the youth employment in Antwerp or to work around around nightlife. And perhaps they're going to do it within a new organization that they founded. So we see a little bit shift in there. And it's an interesting, um, that's quite interesting. Um, another thing that we, that I see in youth participation um, is actually, it's it's also like 10 years ago, youngsters, have live experiences, they want to share it, they don't always know how can they do it. So reach out and just get them because that's a trend that will always be there. They want to contribute, they want to talk about their lives, so give them a platform as a government, help them uh, doing that, use those inspirations to develop your uh, government in a better way. And the increase, I think, in hybrid uh, methods, because they are online, but they're online using social media, not to search for government info. They're online for communicating to each other. So, yes, use digital uh, tools, use AI, but don't forget uh, the hybrid stuff. Go and search them in real life. So I think that that is also a trend that hopefully we see some big changes in, in like, how can the digital stuff help us better in that? But how can we still reach them in real life?
0: And I think for me, that's the last topic I want to touch on in this conversation. You just said for the 14 to 22 years old, it's especially difficult to find the right tone, um, which also makes you think now that you're talking about digital tools, I guess there's always a question of like, do we go out with our own tools the government tools do we want them to engage with us the government or do we go where they are do we go to TikTok? do we go to instagram do we go on social media to have that conversation with them so what is what is your position there and what do you it's, see it's, as a, it's an
2: interesting question because i think the question is based on several um on several uh inter entries and so yes we are you we are on instagram as a government and we have our own platform because they are there in the digital life so yeah go there be there and uh we communicate as a government and on all the things that young people do in antwerp It's called young and antwerp it's literally translate to young and antwerp so sometimes when we have like the participation project we um afterwards we, we send it or like uh, the invites we also send it um so it's i think it's a combination uh sometimes um mm-hmm. Yeah, like when uh, skaters do, like uh, they film a lot. That's it's, that's what skating is about. You skate, you film it, and you 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 share it. So you, you can use those tools. But in the end, I think the the, the the what is important, whatever recommendation that you will have, you have to send it to your colleagues and to your workers. So I think the, the key in success is to find ways to yes use it Uh, you can uh, go on the platforms but you have to make something uh uh, approachable and and understandable for what is the recommendation that came out of this or uh, what we see on the video because in the end you you will probably send it through the other project leader who is going to find solutions for it so i think it's a it's a very complicated uh thing to, to just right, right. answer it in one answer and yes go there or don't go there so uh
0: well talking about one one answer i'll just for, to wrap up our conversation here we'll, i'd like to ask you for if you could give one single piece of advice to those um you know working in youth participation yes. what would it be i will give three tips
2: because let's do it uh, always think in solutions never think of problems because you always have problems. There isn't a perfect plan. You can imagine a perfect plan. But that is not reality. The reality is every part of your plan will have a failure in it. So always search in solutions. Make a plan B. Whatever. Make solutions. Think, Do solution thinking. Are you not good in it? Try to learn solution thinking. Because that is really key to success. Then we come to it's connected. The things that you don't have an impact on. I used to uh, worry a lot about it when I was younger um, in, in my profession. Um, but sometimes it just don't have an impact on, on outcome or like what are you working on? Uh, don't worry too much about it. don't take it at home. Uh, just learn about it. And by solution thinking, uh, make how can you can, uh, can, can you go in a way around it or when you don't get in a way around it just leave it for what it was because it's not up to you because other has the impact but whenever you do have impact always go all the way full mile always because yeah we only live once the youngsters are living once they're not living in the future they're living now so whatever you do do it um, your fully best and um, yeah people you can't work without people but sometimes working with people can also be like really challenging. So water and wine is a Dutch thing. Try to uh, get to each other. Um, the Most of the problems will be with people that you work together, uh, different vision in or per, or perceiving uh, methods. It's always like that. And I think those who re- learn to deal with it and and learn to give and take uh, in, in conversations, in talking about methods and uh
0: Rul, thank you so much for all the tips and tricks Thank you, you for shared. having me. Uh, I really enjoyed the conversation. And until next time.
1: Wow, what an episode. So we heard from them that they had a three-time improvement in engaging young people over a decade in Antwerp. And that tells me three things. One, youth engagement is a long game. Two, it is very possible. And three, it sounds like it's really worth it. What do you think, Witze?
0: Absolutely. And totally worth it. Yes, that's one. But we should also, we should do it. I think we, I mean, it's it's not a question of whether we can do it, but we should do it. Um, I thought it was interesting. Rule was mentioning, if you think about it population-wise, you know, and I don't know how that is in other cities, but I, I guess it's about everywhere the same. Like he mentioned about a third of the population or a quarter of the population being like, under 20 years old so that's that's just huge and i mean the stakes are so high not only on the climate on so many other things so i think it's important and i think if we if we think 20 years ahead i cannot imagine that you know like we say hey as from 18 years old you can be part of the political debate and then you you know like you get a you get a vote and you, you can have a voice so i think it's really highly needed for us to expand our time horizons, to confront really the great long-term challenges of our age, and to get people who will be most affected by them already now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And when you think about it, if you look at city plans, they tend to be long-term, right? 10, 20, sometimes 30 years. And so if we're thinking about engaging youth over their life cycle, those plans will impact them so much. So why should they not have a voice, especially when they're such a big part of the population?
0: Totally, and we learn from rule that actually that's that's one one reason. But another thing is like it simply helps us actually design better participation processes. But we get we got to rethink you know the questions that we ask. When suddenly you get to ask something to ten year old the way that you put your question, that you ask your question is way different. It's it's just in plain language, perhaps. Um, I like that anecdote that he gave of that he shared of like the planners, the first time they got input and ideas from 10 years old, and then we're like, okay, this is simply not possible. And then they we're rethinking it and said, hmm, maybe that's not such a bad idea. Just saying that for planners and for everyone, you know, we're all in our own ivory towers and we're thinking very domain specific, but sometimes, some, sometimes we're thinking those boundaries and thinking out of our own comfort. So it can be really refreshing. And I think definitely youngsters can help us do that.
1: Yeah, and that notion that actually engaging young people helps us better engage all people because, you know, one of my mottos is simplify, then simplify again. And I feel like I really heard that in the episode, too, because when we're asking questions around engagement, they shouldn't be chock full of jargon and overly complicated or technical. And when we simplify it to engage a 10-year-old, it actually makes it much more approachable and conversational to engage anyone of any age.
0: Yeah, that's right. And I also think that, or one other point that, that was really interesting that we've heard before um, in the episode with Aja is the importance of capturing lived experiences. That it's not only about, you know, like capturing uh, well-formulated opinions, but it's, it's you know, like the community, they are the eyes of the city. They, they move through the city, they live the city, they feel the city. And capturing those experiences are really valuable in, in creating, you know, like a, a nicer city for all. So I think that's also a really important point.
1: Absolutely. It reminds me also of a couple of cases where we've had, you know, parks designed for children without children, and they're just designed in ways that adults think is fun, right? And the way that we conceive fun at this point in our lives is so different than the way that we approached fun when we were eight or 10 or, you know, 12 years old. So it just makes me really think, like, how how do we navigate things like public transportation? Like, What's the height of where you tap your card? Every, every little component of how we plan our cities and our services actually should account for everyone. And so, like you said, lived experience is really the only way to tap into that unique knowledge of, of different people.
0: Yeah. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed it as much as we did. And uh, yeah, power to the youth.
1: Yeah, power to the youth. See you next time.
0: Thank you for joining us on our journey towards a democratic future. Subscribe to the podcast to stay connected. Next month, we'll be back with another trailblazer. And remember, democracy is a journey. It's not just a destination. Stay curious, engaged and active in your local democracy. Until next time.